Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bellwest. And summer, or something frighteningly like it. It's too hot. And, and and I'm feeling itchy and as if there, there there's hay fever in the air. At least I sincerely hope it's hay fever. Um, and uh, it's very nice weather outside, however we are inside a lot. With the window open. Well, it's all right, I suppose. Summer, if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> and this uh, month, we'll be going back to the topic of disease for further reflections upon how it affects us when it affects other people. We'll also be looking back over 35 years since the first traces of GURPS uh, appeared on the horizon and asking how much the philosophy of that game can still be applied um, nowadays. But before we do that, we would like to thank a generous contributor. Uh, Dave Morris has sent us some money. Thank you very much. This is the Dave Morris, then. I believe the so. Famous Dave, the famous Dave Morris. We are slightly unworthy, Dave. We're slightly unworthy. And if, if you would like to join his esteemed company, uh, footnote, you don't actually get to meet him, uh, you can send us money, too. We uh, just put you in the, in, the same, in the same filing category as he is. And if you want to do that, paypal.me slash rogerbw. And I will pass a share on to Mike. Greed. Greed. When, when, when we meet again, anyway. Well, some sunny day. Oh, that's Onward. That. Let's go. <laughs> friends at the Bundle of Holding are putting up a historical offer just now, and I mean historical in the strict sense, not that it's very old, but it's history of the art form, which is designers and dungeons, or is it designers, designers? and dragons? I knew it was one of the two, all right? In four volumes, supposedly one per decade from the 70s to the double aughts. Yeah, about... Um, the origins of, of of the game and how things came to be as they are in a business and an artistic sense. I do um, say supposedly because, for example, when it's dealing with, oh, Imperium Games, which was going to be the mm-hmm. great white hope of Traveller after GGW went down, oh, yeah. all of Imperium Games is in one place. So, you know, it, it's in the 90s because that's when they got started. But it, it then goes on to say, well, this is what happened to them afterwards as well, rather than putting yeah. that in the double alts, which is probably what you mostly want, but it's something to be aware of. Yeah, um, things aren't, aren't neat in history. Uh, I was there for a lot of this stuff, and I didn't wasn't aware of some of it until mm-hmm. I read it in this book. So, on the whole, um, uh, an enthusiastic recommendation for... Um, if you're interested in the history of the hobby. And apart from anything else, it's, it's why old people like us say, well, hang on, that's been tried before and it didn't work. <laughs> Uh, this also... that's, a, that's, a, that's what you get in the civil service if you stay too, too long. Eh. Yeah, but at least it means if, if somebody listens to you, then it means you don't waste all the money on trying it again and it not working. Uh, this also this, includes the this history of never Gen happens. Con, Yeah, uh, by Robin D. Laws, who was there for quite a bit of it, um, which, is, which is basically mostly anecdote from various people, um, more or less yeah. related. Uh, it's got some interesting photographs. So it certainly reminds me of the times I, I, I went to it in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, hmm. And possibly less useful now, um, Hobby Games 100 Best and Family Games 100 Best, which are fine and they're interesting to read about, but it's from 2010 and there have been an awful lot of board games published since then. <laughs> Many of which are very it's, good. It, you, you, have to, you have to write history at some point in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just and, saying uh, that the book is not at this point as useful as it would have been ten years ago. Well, I will say that uh, I will say, say that it, it, it's basically a bunch of gaming professionals talking about the things they really like, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that's not not bad. And it does it does give you a feeling of how those games were seen when they first came out and how they how they changed things but as i say we we uh, we are both getting on a bit me more than him hmm. and uh, and we do Appar- tend to apparently uh, i'm not catching up 
Yes, um, work harder, work harder. <laughs> um, I, I shall try and slow down a bit. Um, the whole thing, yeah, it, it's all very interesting, uh, especially if you were there and you remember some of it. Uh, or some or of if it you think you ought to remember some of it, but hang on, it doesn't, yeah. I don't remember it being like that. It was a lot less sober. Yes, that's true. Um, the effects of alcohol... On my on my memory and a lot of other people's memory has been significant in this area. But it does it does explain, for example, in the history of Gen Con what the safe house was. So, yeah, this is an important thing to know. And yeah, uh, people will will this stuff would fade if it, if it weren't written down. Yeah, somebody has done well, the right. Much of it had already started fading when they started writing this down. I'm glad they got in when they did. Hmm. And people are dying, so there's another depressing thought. As you will have heard from us, we quite like GURPS. And before GURPS, there was Man to Man which was the triad publication of the combat system and the first bit of Gertz that we ever saw. We liked it, even back then. Mm -hmm. And as it's been the 35th anniversary, um, Steve Jackson Games uh, marked it minimally by republishing um, the interview Steve Jackson did at the point of release of Man to Man, which his his designer's notes, his... uh, is his anecdote about how how it, how it came to be, and why he did it the way that he did. Um, the uh, we'll put a, a link in the show notes. But mm-hmm. I thought we would talk a little bit about some of the things that he said and how they applied then and how they apply now. And the first thing I wanted to note was uh, the thing that struck me as most profound, which I still agree with. Uh, was what he said about forcing things onto the play. What he says is, it's not my job to tell you how to play. Now, I think that's both a a fairly profound thing to to say and a slight indictment of the current state of the hobby. Now, he's talking about uh, the the, uh, modular nature of man-to-man rules and and when it came out. GURPS, it has levels of complexity and detail which you can cut out at the point that you uh, you find uh, 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 you find more comfortable but thinking of yourself uh, when you're the game designer as a um, as an enabler rather than an enforcer is something that I, I, I think needs to be borne more strongly in mind. Uh, there are a lot of games which nowadays which are very good at doing the one thing that they do, but they tend to put walls around you um, and assume that you're never going to want to do something slightly different from the one thing that you do. Or if you are, you're going to be playing a different game. And I think that's yes. worth considering because when GURPS came out, one of the big points in yeah. its favour was that you could play a different game without having to learn a whole new rule set. You know, yeah. you could play your science fiction game and then you could go off and play a, a fantasy game and at, at least many of the rules would be basically the same. And that's and, and, and you could say to your players, this is GURPS, you know, you know most of this already. But that was in the days when learning a new set of rules meant learning Traveller or RuneQuest. Hmm. And I think what the rest of the market has done to answer this problem is to go for very much simpler mechanics. So, you know, if if we go from new game A to new game B, yes, we are learning a new system, but it's a new system you can pick up in five minutes. And uh, and it is then heavily optimised for game B, for setting B. Yeah, I I think this is based on the assumption that the players have to learn the game. And that wasn't the the model with GURPS, and it's... Well, they have to learn if, enough to make sensible decisions. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes that's in character creation, that's a separate thing, but but even in game you need to say, okay, you know, is this a sort of setting where if I go up against a tough enemy, 
I, sh- I should just be very strong and determined and push through, or do I need to get sneaky? Or uh, in, in game mechanical terms, um, sh- should I do a, a full-on attack or should I do a defensive attack? They need to be able to evaluate the situation and say which is which is the game mechanical thing to do. I feel that that, that that decision should flow from narrative rather than from knowledge of the game mechanics. The game mechanics are there for the GM to to make real what they decide. But the the, the GMs, they're, they're also to provide handrails, I was going to say, um, so that you don't jump over the edge into the Grand Canyon without having a full appreciation of what you're about to do. But to have the rules there to allow you to do it, if that's really, really what you really, really want to do. Mm. I, 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 I feel that... Uh, there is an issue with lack of depth in many of the mo- modern games, and I'm not sure that there isn't a fair amount of fiddling as well. Well, that's another generational shift, I think, at least to the lack of depth, because as far as I can see, the, the, I remember this sometime in the in the early double aughts, uh, hmm. somebody had done some, some sort of fairly large-scale survey, and it turned out that a lot of people were not playing the classic campaign that goes on forever. That yeah. was certainly what the standard when I started gaming. Um, rather, they were saying, okay, yeah, let, let's play this thing mm. and then let, let us start a new campaign in a different bit of a world or a different world or a different game or whatever. Yeah. And therefore, uh, I, I think game design shifted towards that. So, for example, you saw mm. the thing, you know, classic D&D, you, you start off as nobodies with the promise that you can eventually become the famous guys. Yeah, uh, and well, to some extent, starting with Torg, um, but certain, certainly by by the turn of the century, there was much more of a, okay, you you you're starting off with this. You may not actually develop very far, but you're mm. starting off as a competent, capable character. Uh, it's what what Robin Laws calls iconic heroes who don't necessarily yeah. yeah they may have an origin story, but fundamentally, in in Adventure Seven, they're about the same as they are in Adventure Twenty Three. Yeah, I, I think he's he's uh, he's talking more about the lack of emotional change in that, those sort of characters. Yeah, they but, are, but are... also there is a lack of mechanical development. I mean, yeah, true. If, if, I mean... if the hero is a, is a dead shot, he doesn't become a better dead shot. Uh, he he may accrue gradually more allies, but generally he doesn't accrue more abilities because part of the ethos is you have trained for years to get this good. Yeah, but but the trouble is one. That's that sort of thing does mean that you are going for a brief visit to that particular world, mm. and when you get to the harder bits, it gets it gets harder to to make the system work for you. In some cases, I've, I've had it. Ha- My dear, I have not, apart from a few accidents, I have not had continuous campaigns running for um, for years. Um, it's not something I, I I start out aiming to do. Um, I'd like to be able to do some sorts of games. I'm thinking of Rain, particularly by Greg Stolze, on a on a large on a long scale. So you you start out as the barbarian invaders and you end up the, as the people taking the throne. Oh, sh- but, sh- surely for for dramatic appropriateness, you end up as the decaying empire fighting off the but new barbarian invaders. Yeah, I think that I think I, that's only if you do it to Pendragon length, <laughs> and, and, it, it, and it's your grandson uh, the the decadent fop who, uh, who 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 finds he has to fight off the the barbarians. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not quite that ambitious. I have attempted to do um, the Pendragon campaign and failed, like most people, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I I think I want a return or a or a or a new commitment or a new method of doing the. The modular and in-depth game that GURPS is, but I, I'm quite content with GURPS, and I must go must go back to it for uh, cer- for certain purposes soon. But yeah, GURPS uh, covers most of what I want a game to do. But this isn't the fashion nowadays, and and I do feel that the, that there are constraints that people don't see on the uh, on the means or on on the means that are being provided, and there is a lot. Of whiffle and, and faff, it isn't always as clean and simple as uh, something like 
uh, apocalypse world or dungeon world and even some of the powered by the apocalypse stuff is as I'm going to mention later getting a bit uh, getting a bit um, obscure well I think one of the things that that an indie game tries to do or many indie games try to do mm. is give you the highlights you know just give you the good stuff yeah. Uh, certainly, in, in a classic game, there have been sessions which were just basically we we do this procedural stuff and then the game is over for that, and no, nobody has done anything terribly impressive or memorable. We've just used mm. our skills on on the mechanics, and uh, I've seen various answers to this. Um, I, I niche protection is one of the. Models, so you say. You know, this this is I don't know the heroic archer, and and yeah. some some games at least will say, okay, make make sure the heroic archer has has a really difficult shot to make in every session, yeah. because then they get that moment. And similarly with the other characters and their specialized skills. Yeah, but the, I think the trouble is that in that in that sort of setup, you predefine what the character is about, and you don't discover what. It's about one of the rules, one of the um, agendas of uh, of all the Powered by the Apocalypse games is play to discover what it's about. Mm. But you bake by the fact that you've chosen to be the, the heroic archer or the re, or the bearer of the magical cosmic uh, doodah or the alien sun from another planet. You're deciding in advance what your character. is. Is yeah, although you have to make those choices in Apocalypse as well. Mm. Well, no, that, you're, that's you're, what I'm saying. You're, you're, in, you're, in, okay, because you're, you're, you're picking a playbook, and, and that gives you some options. But yeah. um, it, it's pick one off this list rather than discover something unexpected. Yeah. Talking of playbooks brings us to something you said you wanted to talk uh, about. Yeah, an, another comment from, from Steve in that article 35 years ago is... Play should be a quick character creation, shouldn't, um, on the basis that if you have a complex character generation system, you can build exactly the character you want, essentially. Well, yeah. And that's fine, but you have to do the character generation before you can play, and I think this is well, one somebody of... somebody has to, yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest barriers to people running their own GURPS games. Uh, is yeah you, because to generate a character you have to understand the system well enough to generate a character. You know, there, there, there are you know, it's it's a complicated system. There are, there are ways to be very inefficient with your use of points and build a character who is not terribly mm. effective and not much fun to play. And if you, you know, how how do you get that initial understanding of the system? Um, you you can read it and try to work out how it might work, and th- this is one of the reasons why why I've gone to such trouble to make sure I, I run um, GURPS demonstration adventures at role playing conventions. Yeah, I mean not just because they they give me a small number of points, which is nice, but yeah, really not essential. It, it's because I can give somebody a pre gen character, I can explain the system to them in a few minutes. Yeah, uh, probably less than a minute for the core cool stuff. And then they can go away thinking, yeah, you know, I, I had a reasonably good time and I now understand how to play a GURPS character, or at least this particular GURPS character. Mm. And I've got some idea of you know what, what's where, what, what stats are important if I'm going to be getting into a fight, that sort of thing. Yeah. The, as I said earlier, somebody has to make the decisions. It doesn't have to be the player, but somebody has to. And I, I, I think me- the standard assumption for a home game is people are going to generate their own characters, though. Yeah, fair, uh, fair enough assumption. But what I was going to say is, in the the modern style, especially in um, in uh, the Powered by the Apocalypse games, the 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 work that's done is disguised. It's baked into the system, done at a much earlier level, and limiting your choices um, by the game designer and, t- to a certain extent, the referee. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you decide that. I, I was thinking last night that it wouldn't be impossible to do um, a Powered by the Apocalypse uh, Techimel game, and in many ways, uh, that's that's a uh, that's a rather uh, good idea. It's a very pulpy setting, and the 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 classic pulp, um, uh, the classic pulp heroes and uh, and villains 
would fit in nicely into a Powered by the Apocalypse game. But nonetheless, I am taking the the whole complicated world of Tecumel and instead of giving you a tool by which you can create anybody from any of the the, the detailed lands, you take this thing because I say um, this is a, a good idea. I still think it's a good idea because it's mine, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um the the but you 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 make the choice for the players. You cut it down uh you cut cut it down, you uh you you create a, a ready meal. You just have to pop in, in the microwave. Mm-hmm. And um so and I think I think it may be better sometimes if the players get to get to be chefs instead of microwavers. Yes, that that's another generational shift. I think. Um, I it may well be because uh, computer games and social media have become much more um, popular in the sense that there are more people who do them. Hmm. Um, in the early eighties, all right. I was I was at school. But um, yeah. it, it was considered an entirely reasonable sort of thing to do, to, to spend an, uh, an hour or several hours working on your new campaign or generating systems or, or even coming up with, with potential player characters. Um, mm. this, this sort of preparation activity away from the game was a thing that some games at least deliberately offered. I've talked before about uh, Car Wars and Battletech, which are not explicitly RPGs, but were certainly mm-hmm. getting into that kind of space at times. Um, the idea that you would go off and do a game-related thing on your own yeah, and then come back and use it in the game was 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 a standard one. And, and that is something that's very much gone out of fashion. And I think it, that's in large part because if if I'm not with my game group and I want to talk about gaming, I can now look at RPGNet or you know, a whole bunch of other places. And, well, I, and I can get my fix of talking about gaming without doing that thing on my own. Gosh, you you are indicting me for pouring my energies into uh, RPGNet and not into actually sitting down and, and doing No, I'm saying things. that that's why I think the standard for what is a normal amount of prep time has gone down. I, I think I, I'm not of... saying whether that's good or bad. I'm I'm I will I'm as guilty as anybody for this. I I regard that the hour the the same day or the day before of sitting down thinking hard and writing uh, handwritten notes for the next session. Um, I, I I find that time well spent. I'm not sure that I feel the same way about sitting down for weeks. Or days beforehand, and trying to think my way through a campaign I haven't even started. Um, I am I am too willing to use my own skill in improvising, which is <laughs> considerable and remarkable. Yeah. Um, to 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 just do enough. I am I'm being a just in time uh, GM, and I could be a better GM. I think. Well, I, if I, I were prepared to do more, I, I think almost all games are essentially procedural in nature, uh, as in you have you have the algorithm that will tell you if the, if they go into a pub in this sort of town, what are they going to meet? But you haven't necessarily started out that particular pub. Mm, my my algorithm is uh, goes roughly. They've chosen to go into a pub. What would be fun here? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, but, but uh, my point is, if, if the the twenty other pubs in that town do not exist until they're instantiated by somebody taking mm. interest in them, it's tr- uh, it can be helpful. Um, Han is a wonderful product, um, which gives you detailed uh, a detail of every house and every shop um, in a in a medieval city or town. Um, but, and on the other hand, it binds you down to all the details and all the names. Actually, it's terrible, it's not as good with names as it is with uh, architecture, but you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and similarly, um, some, some years later and in a bit less detail, the, the Night City source book for Cyberpunk 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night City was there. It, originally, it was, this is the generic city, 
um, so that we don't have to go into too much detail. But it, yeah. but it gradually accrued detail anyway in, in various comments and adventures and so on. And they eventually said, okay, here is the city map. Yeah. And you can now say, okay, you know, we're on this street. Uh, we want to go to that street. How can we get there? Mm. Uh, and that's fine. It, it, it's great. Shadowrun did a similar thing with the Seattle Source book. But it mean, at the same time, it means that the GM can't really or can't easily say, you know, it would be appropriate for there to be an all-night gun shop here. Yeah, I uh, I have a, uh, um, a mental um, project of a great walled city in a world where there's nothing else, much else, and uh, and uh, the city's gates go to other worlds. And the, the degree to which I want to map it only goes as far as saying, the gods' district is over here, the wizards' district is over here, the expensive people live over here, and the, and, and, and the poor immigrant scum live over there. Um, I may put together locations in the uh, in the in the districts and say, uh, but that's really all that I need to have. Um, I don't yep. need to know what, except as procedurally generated, uh, what shops are opposite what other shops. Um, yeah, I, I, and that's I think, about the level of detail you want. I what, think. What was the term? Rigidly find out, defined areas of doubt and uncertainty. Doubt and uncertainty. Yeah. Quite. So it, it, I think it's good to be able to leave a bit of, yeah. You know, if if you are walking down a street, you are probably not paying attention to every single shop or mm. thing by the street, and you you might be looking out for danger if you're if you're that sort of person. You you might be looking for a particular sort of shop, and that's fine. Yeah. But I, I think it's a good idea to to leave the background color out of focus until it's needed, because you never know when you might suddenly need it. Yes, but I sometimes find myself needing to make up things more complicated than the shops on the moment, and I think it would be probably be better if I know how the law system works before, oh, sure. the, uh, before they start walking down the street um, and, uh, and, and commit the offences that player characters always do commit. Looking at me in a funny way, Your Honour. <laughs> Having an offensive wife. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, yeah. I, where did I? Where did I wander to this from? I think, on the whole, I I would be ha- I think I would be happier if I could find a midway point between my current self and my younger self, who did <laughs> do all that work and all that preparation and had to see it thrown away. Um, I think sometimes I have become too much like Picasso. Um, I'm too practiced and I can just sketch the cat brilliantly in five minutes after 40 years of, you know, practice at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure that uh, I, I shouldn't do some more of the 40 years of practice. Right, let, let's just flick through the other things that he says in his notes and see. It's all right to have a lot of rules as long as you can find them. True. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, GURPS does better than that at many. It, it was one, one of one of the first um, series of going books to have a good index in every book. Yeah. Uh, I, I I will speak feelingly because I'm I'm feeling a little frustrated with the laundry files. RPG at the moment, um, it, it does not, it does not do this well enough. Uh, friendliness is next to godliness, uh, yeah, which is talking about uh, about providing the the, the GM with uh, pre-generated characters, um, lots of ta- all the tables that you're going to need as separate pools, which is something obvious nowadays, but um, uh, but. Uh, uh, but not not so not so widely practiced then. Well, I think more generally, having a having a unified resolution mechanic is a good thing. GURPS doesn't quite get there though, though it got, gets closer than many. Mm. Uh, broadly speaking, if you're trying to do something, you roll three d six and you want to get uh, a, a target number or below, and that target number is based on your skill and the difficulty and so on. That's not the only thing that happens because we've also got um, reactions to people. Yeah, where, where you where you want where you want the people to roll high, but 
basically that's how it works. And the more everything falls into that, you make this sort of role, mm. the easier it is to work out, okay, well, it's going to be this sort of role. This sort of role needs that sort of input. The inputs must be this and this. Okay, now I can work out roughly what we ought to be rolling. Yeah. Uh, game designers should be rigorous. Supplement designers should be creative. He's saying that the, the game design you need a core workable skeleton um, for uh, for the system, and and the pretty bits can be painted on um, by uh, by the supplement writers. Uh, you were playing GURPS during the uh, compendium uh, days, right? I was, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that, that's what happens when the supplement designers get creative. You have a point. Supplement designers... Oh, GURPS, GURPS, even GURPS 3rd edition, was, was pretty good, but it wasn't absolutely comprehensive, because it couldn't be. No, you uh, can't... You, you, you can't... You'd need a universe to model the universe. And so it gradually accrued new skills and mm. new advantages and so on. Uh, and it got quite silly to the point that, yeah, basically GURPS Compendium 1 was a listing of all the new skills and advantages and disadvantages and things that you would ideally yeah. have available when generating a character. Mm. They, they tried to crunch it down in 4th edition and to make... Um... Well, 4th edition had, had has a lot of modular things. Yeah. Uh, so it says, you know, okay, here, here, here is this general class of disadvantage, and a lot of other things will be will be spe- will be special cases of it. I don't think it goes quite far enough, but mm. it's a start. Well, I, I was what I was going to say was you and I read the uh, Steve Jackson Games website forums, and there's a uh, a, a feature that our friend John Dolman. Does in that he posts um, he posts the advantages and disadvantages from the rulebook and says, "Has anybody ever done anything with this?" Basically, well, the, and in a lot of cases, the answer is um, no. I'm not sure it's why it's why it's in the rules. Well, disadvantages yeah. in particular uh, suffer from this. I I think because the idea is GURPS is trying to be RuneQuest more than it's trying to be D and D. In other words. At mm. least originally, there, there is a single way of expressing the stats of something. And an, anything that exists in the game with stats should yeah. be statable. Should, should, you know, if, if, it, if it acts in this way, you know, if, if it gets hit points back when it drains your blood, there should be a specific mm. ability in the book that says this is how you get hit points back when you drain somebody's blood. Yeah, but that's, that's the positive side. The negative side of um, having a disadvantage like... Um, let me think of one that's particularly dull and useless. Um, time sickness. Mm. You get motion sickness when you get in a time machine. Yeah, and my concern there is, okay, let's assume we're specifically talking about time rather than, rather than its variants of, you know, hive space or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. If you're getting into time machine, it's probably because the game is about time travel. Why yeah. does the uh, time travel game why does the time travel organisation allow people with time sickness to, to work for it? Well, no, it's not just that. Why do you... you ne- Assuming that for some artistic reason you have a universe that needs to have some people who can't time travel, why, um, why is it there as a possibility for player characters? Why is it something a, 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 a player character could choose to be? That's the Why thing, is that? because if, if the character the campaign doesn't have time machines in it, then the, then then the disadvantage is irrelevant and, and indeed shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed anyway. That's, that's standard. If it does yeah. have time machines in it, it's probably about time machines, time travel, and yeah. so on. And therefore it will be a crippling disadvantage. You're, you're not wrong. And, the, uh, and the, uh, as such, it goes into a sidebar where, some, where, where you say, some poor people cannot travel by time machines, but you are not one of them. Yeah, I, I do see other ways of doing this. I mean, one consideration is this isn't just for PCs. So, when, yeah, when right. I, I, because of the way GURPS is set up, there is this one big list of disadvantages. Um, hmm. the, the ones you would look at for building a PC is possibly a much shorter list. But for places I can see it being useful, uh, as a campaign requirement, 
everybody has time sickness. Uh-huh. Or maybe one particular sort of enemy doesn't, which would be interesting in itself. But ba- but basically, you know, mm. it, it's just what you assume. Um, they are in charge because they do not throw up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have it as a temporary disadvantage. You know, you use some other useful power, but the disadvantage is it's going to mess up your time traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you can attach it to an NPC. You know, the the guy the guy from the labs who really shouldn't be sent to the field at all. <laughs> but he, but he has the important bit of knowledge, so you guys get to look after him. Oh, that's that, all right. That that that's that that's right. but, but I think we can agree that there is a tendency. Even in fourth edition, to slight bloat, um, I, I would I would be happier. I would be happier if the if the if the enhancements and limitations were a bit more consistent um, or easier to use. Well, they they were quite new to GURPS when fourth edition came out. They, they, there was a little bit of that in early of GURPS supers, but this mm. is the first time they were really standardised. And I think a certain amount has, has been learned since about how they can work and how they can effectively substitute for a whole mass of other powers mm. by saying it, it's this base power with this particular set of twiddles on it. Yeah. All right. Two last, uh, two last aphorisms from, uh, from, from the great Steve Jackson. When in doubt, check reality. And the only thing more important than realism is playability. I think I sort of agree with this. Whilst I, 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 I'm very aware of the limitations on when in doubt, check reality. Well, so there are many things that one can't check, mm. either because they don't exist or because it's just really difficult. I mean, we're we're fortunate. We live close to London. We've got libraries and museums and things. Yeah. Um, well, he's talking more here about because he was doing man to man first. Who's talking here more about uh, physical reality, hmm. about making the game? Uh, yes, I, I th- I'm thinking about things like the the weight of a oh I don't know a Mars pistol, hmm. which you can get from a book. But but uh, if if you want actually to check it, there are, I don't think there are a whole lot of them left. Yeah, and you probably have to con a lot of museum. Um, oh, what, one of these days I shall I shall get a big lot of questions and spend a day at the Royal Armouries in Leeds playing playing with their closed collections. But uh... <laughs> I I I uh, uh, yeah, and, and and checking whether it's it's possible for somebody to survive a nuclear blast by hiding in a refrigerator would probably be um, above our budget. Well, it comes to story chef. I mean. This this article from from thirty five years ago is take is I think assuming because I don't I'm not sure the terminolo- terminology had even been established at this point uh, a, a simulationist perspective yeah it, it, yeah for for this part let let's go on with the playability thing later but um it it's starting off with let let us build an accurate model of physical reality in the game yeah and. That's a thing you can do, but I, I'm increasing. It, it's been my viewpoint for a long time, but I'm increasingly coming to the approach that what I, I where where I have tweaks on physical reality, no. uh, where where I'm deciding um, how powerful is 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 in in a space opera game, how powerful is your is your standard hand? Is a blaster, yeah. Um, uh, how does how does faster than light travel work? Hmm. Things like that. I know enough about these things that that I can work out some of the implications of them. But what I start with now is, what sort of shape of story do I want to, to yeah, be it, able to happen in this setting? Yeah, it's the four, four swords and shields thing. You make uh, you're making a style decision about your um, space opera game. Yeah, and if I'm doing that, then I need some reason why um, pistols and assault rifles and things don't, will will not. Um, carve the force sword wielding hero out of the landscape and leave a small hole behind. Yeah, um, you you. It's because you want Ruritania. You start with wanting Ruritania in space. Yeah. Um, and and go and go from there. Um, just as uh, David Weber started with saying, "I want broadsides in in space because this is going to be a ratio hornblower um, mm-hmm. in space." Uh, and well, and well, Cochrane, but per- yeah. And, per- and perverted the entire. Well, wasn't the Hornblower based on? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and then perverted physics and everything else in the service, getting those damn bloody broadsides in there. <laughs> um, I could, I, I, I still feel that, that, that something, taking something a little more likely and, and, uh, and making the naval traditions work around that would, would, I, I, I think naval traditions are pretty, are pretty damned, um, Adaptable. Well, one of the things I find interesting is to say, if you've got this sort of, this sort of set of constraints, how are the people going to interact with it? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the weirder the transition is, the more people are going to hold on to tradition, even if it doesn't make sense. I think because, ah. because it's something to hold on to when when we're now in in these pressurized tin cans, twenty AUs from anywhere. Quite. And uh, and and is the son of the, the yardarm boss? Roll ship. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The uh, going on to playability. Um, yes, I say a big tick here. I've got a feeling. Yeah, but it's however, a genre switch. Yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. Well, we back at the previous topic. Or... Well, no, it's it's the same thing. That's that's the problem. Okay, go on. Yeah, well, uh, I, I think to be fair to summarise this, it's, it's basically saying we, we start with physical reality, and then we say we tweak we tweak it so that it's fun to play. Yeah, uh, no, I think. But I there think are genres I, which require you to have way more hit points than any plausible human being could have if you're the hero. Yeah, and and if you say, well, we're not going to do that, then you're not emulating those genres. Yeah, well, I think. There are different tweaks. GURPS isn't as good at this tweaking as it could be, but there are tweaks which will... Uh, and actually, GURPS characters tend to be frighteningly survivable, especially if you compare them with RuneQuest characters. Well, I think the key thing on that is unconsciousness. and The, the games I tend to play in, people are doing with, with, with firearms sort of two and three and maybe four dice of damage. Compared to... to uh, how, how many? How many hit points? Well, that's uh, that's the thing. You, you, your average character might have ten hit points, and when they yeah. when they've lost those, they're at risk of falling unconscious. But they need to lose another ten before they're at risk of dying. So yeah. what what most people will do is either fail a health roll and lose consciousness, or realize, hang on a minute, every time I do something, I need to make a health roll to stay conscious. Maybe maybe I'll just take a rest now. And not keep fighting, and therefore not be at risk of death checks. Uh, but yeah, the, it, it, this does help if you have vaguely sensible enemies who will not automatically always fight you to the death. But let's face it, yeah. most people in the real world don't do that anyway. You know, yeah, if, if 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 you've got, you know, say say the the street gang is shooting you, they're not going to shoot the ones of you who've fallen down because they want most, to worry about the ones. Well, who's still no, fighting. no, they won't. They won't shoot the ones of you who've fallen down. Until everybody's dead and they can go around finishing you off, which is another reason to stay conscious. Yeah, but that, that's uh, then a narrative decision. Um, you know, do, do you want to do, have a TPK or do you say, right, well, we'll dra- drag you off to, to sacrifice you to the biker god? Uh, yeah, the, I, I think I think there are there are sound tactical reasons not to wish to fall unconscious in the presence of your enemy. Yes, but but having the unconsciousness. Phase of of the of the of the the combat makes an enormous difference to the way the, to the realism of it, and I think Gertz gets it pretty well. Good it's also the, there's this very wide space. Uh, yeah. Compare a D and D character who you know as a starting character might have five hit points, but might have thirty or forty. But when they hit zero, uh, they are at immediate risk of death. Yeah, the, 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 the thing- details have varied, but. At the very least, they're in trouble. And because your capabilities don't degrade until you hit that zero, there's there's a tendency Mm. to keep fighting until you do. Whereas in GURPS, you you hit one-third of your hit points, and your move and dodge are degraded, and you're getting the message, yeah, you're you're really not up to this, to to your full full, uh, strength. You ought to be thinking of something clever to do. Mm. Then you get the unconsciousness, and so on. Yeah, but the thing I was going to say is that GURPS... Cuts a very fine line in that you can die from that first blow. It's unlikely, but you. But somebody sticks a, a, a knife in your guts. Um, it's it's going to do you a whole whole amount of 
not very much yeah, good. Yeah, w- wounding modifiers for location are, are a great thing here because, particularly because they're an equaliser. Um, you, if if mm. if you have somebody big and tough, that that guides you into striking from ambush, which is a sensible thing to do. Not to mention kicking him in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, then when he falls uh, down, you kick him again in case he gets up. Best time, sir. The uh, the thing I was going to say is that is on on playability. I think fourth edition has gone a bit uh, a bit too, too far towards realism in a few places. Um, the the rules for explosions and and the how the effects of explosives fade uh, fade out with distance are downright unplayable. I find them. I find them so. I, I well, find compared, them not too compared bad. with what it, compared with what it was before, with the simple um, losing a dice of effect as, as you as you move away from the from the core, worked perfectly for me. But there are there are there are calculations to be made, and and, and I gave up maths at O level. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I don't find it too bad. I, I, I did find a lot of people had trouble with the auto- automatic weapons uh, rules, but once once you get them in, once you get them working, they stay working. Mm. So well, that, that helps. Yeah, they're, they're not complicated; they're just unexpected. But as tra- as is traditional, you forget about brawling and grappling until you actually. Oh yeah, it. yeah, but uh, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you, you know it's perfectly. Re- you're, you know you're going to need it, and you know you're not going to be able to remember it when the time comes. I it, can't this happens remember. in this I, happens in talking. every game system, but it is nonetheless still the case, even after all our our uh, modern innovations. There's always the technical grappling expansion. If, if you want something that actually produces realistic results, my brain has limited storage space left, Roger. <laughs> Well, we'd like to thank Steve Jackson for the gift of GURPS, and um, and I'd like to say I agree with a lot of the things that that he said, mm. um, and I, I still think it's uh, yeah. It's I, a, I think some of them are not necessary decisions you would make in, in designing a game now, because because the market has changed. Hmm. But yeah. what if you want to make art? <laughs> Prepare to starve. Yeah, it will probably be good for me. Onward. Disease continues to be on our minds. I mean, it's all around us, as we are constantly told. And cough, cough, snivel. Approach an approach we didn't really uh, look at when we were talking about talking about before is disease as it's happening to other people, which is obviously the best sort of disease. Um, the, the best sort of disease is no disease at all. But if you gotta have it, then Roger. All right, let, go on talk about this. Well, first of all, uh, it can be a motivation. Uh, yeah, e- even if you are not personally stricken down with the plague. And yeah. then you know, the, the country is stricken down with a plague, and that's something you're trying to solve. Um, okay, yeah. Go and get the healing artifact. Uh, uh, yeah. F- fund the health service. Yeah, what, what, whatever strange and implausible thing that might, might be the solution. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it can be a push in that sense, and, and it's, a, it's a useful and ongoing push because, you, because that can be. It, it, it's quite a thing, even when it's getting started. And you yeah. can gradually make it worse. There's, there's always scope to escalate. Uh, the other thing that was occurring to me, though, was a, as a bit of background information, or background scenario, as, as we're seeing at the moment, things are closed. Hmm. Um, people who want an excuse not to go to any trouble are using it as an excuse not to go to any trouble. Hmm. Uh, in, in a medieval setting, um, yeah, consider the what was it the fortunate villages? Um, you, you will get places that simply say, "Right, we are not letting any strangers in here at all." 
yeah, actually, there, there's a nice way to uh, to move into the um, into the plague plot if you're going to have a plague plot is for a b- bunch of adventurers to come back from the wilderness and discover that nobody will let them in. Mm-hmm. That's that's nice. Now, plague. Are you assuming uh, that that for um, campaign and plot reasons? The plague is something the players don't have to worry about. Well, we, we, is ta- it, we talked about that a bit, they... a bit last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of what happens when you, when you are personally sick, I, I think in terms of running an enjoyable game, probably they mm. should all be sick, or none of them should be sick. Yeah, um, it's splitting or, the party. Or, or perhaps the they, perhaps they have backup characters or something, but. Um, yeah, to, to say right, well, you you can't play because because you, your character is ill is obviously not fun. I I'm I'm struggling to find. Uh... Oh wait, maybe that maybe they're foreigners, or maybe they're aliens, and they don't get the disease. Or maybe you know, in in your classic fantasy setting, they they have the disease curing spells which they can do a few times a day, which is enough to keep them healthy. It's not enough to cure the town. Yeah, or uh, which maybe gives you um, the sort of plot that you're going for. You are outsiders. Well, you're adventurous, or uh, you're always outsiders. You probably but... get blamed for spreading the plague, and that may even not be wrong. Well, how about you? Uh, you know what the cure is, but the local people will not believe that you can save them. I think that's a, a nice and interesting plot. Mm-hmm. You are benevolent. Actually, yes, because you don't want everybody around here dying. I mean, who's going to who's going to prepare your food? Um, so, and, and what it does to the brothels? I mean, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you go if you're going to go and have sex with people not of our species, that's probably why they suspect you <laughs> of spreading the disease. Um, but 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 nonetheless, if you are actually struggling somehow or other to con the uh, the mass of the population to do the things that will actually save their lives. I can see that being quite a nice campaign. And for that matter, it doesn't even have to be a fantastic. And if, if you look at the uh, resistance to the, to the implementation of germ theory. Well, yeah. Um, uh, they, which is odd, really. Uh, because... Not, oh. it's, people it's, uh, when it happened, to, be, to have to accept been, that they're wrong. Yes, even a, um, even I I hate it myself, but it happens so frequently. Um, and I, I'm told by an expert manipulator that one of the best ways of doing this is is to find a way out whereby they can do the new thing while still pretending to do the old thing. Hmm. So that so they don't have to admit they were wrong. You know, here is this new thing which which is which can be added to the old thing and is even better, and that's fine. Yeah. Okay, all right. What else can we do with disease happening to other people? There are lots of nasty things we can do when disease is, is happening to other people. Because, let's, let, as you mentioned, people are leaving their shops unguarded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, and their it, treasure it, vaults. It didn't take long for mask wearing is acceptable to turn into I'm going to rob this shop, this shop and I will wear a um, homemade mask rather, rather than a balaclava, for example. Yeah, it's definitely... Natural camouflage. Um, I saw in the news today somebody calling for a transparent face masks to to be made um, the standard. I'm not sure that's going to fly. I'm not sure the uh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure the material material science is going to support it. Well, it could be worse. In France, you can be fined for wearing a mask and for not wearing a mask. Presumably not at the same time. Because. Um, the the ban on the use of the burqa. All oh, right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this isn't a burqa; it's a homemade mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good grief! Well, making laws just because you can is not a good idea. Uh, it's an attempt to justify your budget, I think. Well, why? Um, do you have any further? Well. I'm, I've been having an interesting time comparing this with with standard collapse of society um, fiction, mm. because the the usual approach in that is normally people start writing and looting way sooner. 
Well, this is if this is the end of the world, it's a very polite end of the world uh, so far. It's from the uh, being written by John Wyndham, and we're in about paragraph two. Yeah. Oh come on, the the day of the the, the day of the Triffids. Um, the day of the Triffids ha- happens all of a of a crash bang. Um, the Kraken Wakes is the one that you want for the slow, mm-hmm. um, doomed build-up. And even then, you don't actually get to see the monsters. They just The bits of them just float to the surface <laughs> at the end. Um, yeah, I if the survivors got all the dying out of, uh, out of the way right at the start. Um, and a... And a mm, well, the, the, this, the, How serious does it have to be to make a good adventure? Well, the thing is, the situation we're living now is obviously yeah. going to be in the minds of players for you know, at least the next ten years. Yeah. And you, so, so culture, I, I think one, one, one can reasonably base things on that, um, with obviously with, with a bit of a tweak, so that it's not just, oh, well, hang on, we don't want to play a game about this, we just lived it. Yeah. But it, it's a phase that gets largely ignored when, when it's more fun to go on to the um, you know, zombie hordes walking the streets and all the rest of it. Yeah, you know how I feel about zombies. There is no fun in zombies, honestly. Yeah, well, that, that, I, I play the uh, occasional le- uh, game of Left for Dead, computer game, cooperative, first-person shooter. Uh-huh. And yeah, somehow just at the moment the, the idea of um, machine gunning, ravaging hordes of the infected is not quite as appealing as usual maybe <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, I will note um, in case anybody in the future centuries come to this that, uh, that comes to listen to this uh, that people didn't remember uh, the Spanish flu I mean they remembered it happened but it had remarkably little effect it was ah let's get on with the roaring twenties mm-hmm. um, and, and well let, let's also get on with recovering from the great war to be fair well, that's true, yeah. And let us, it's, of course, while, while not being overtly presently political, note that, that that a plague is a great cover for a lot of other things. Yeah. Let's not go there, because we will get into economics. And and we, we do not... You have the expertise, and I have the prejudices. So, <laughs> so let's... Let's leave but, that but it alone. But it doesn't even need to be the, the economic side of it. I mean, the the... Measures which people will agree to because they are scared, then True. then become, oh well, we we've had these and it doesn't seem to have done any harm. We ought to keep them. Become, mm. oh well, we can build on these for the next emergency. Yeah, handling uh, the intents of, of politicians is a, is a delicate thing. But and on the other hand, it is good for um, discovering that the person you've been working for has nefarious plans for the future, is really good uh, adventure fodder. Mm-hmm. And, and a good turn point, a good pivoting point in the la- for the last third of a campaign or series, I think. Uh, discover You've done all the good things, then you discover how the good things you've done are going to be used by other people. I think that's a... Uh, that's a that's a that's a nice touch, but put it aside uh, and, and for later. And also, why do the plague outbreaks always seem to start where we parked the car to do the mission? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that there's a, a, a an analog short story um, in which, and I, and I keep coming back to it when I when I look at the current situation, in which it turns out that the evil communist Chinese. It was that time of of history. Um, were spreading disease in the United States by putting it in the glue for the uh, for the postage stamps, and when you licked it, you caught it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was really ingenious. I wish I could find a way to use it, but nowadays, you know, they perhaps in consideration of this uh, dire um, possibility, they, they've got rid of licking stamps. Um, I barely, I barely even lick an envelope nowadays. Yeah. All right, have we twisted everything we can out of this? I, I, I think that's a, that's a good starting point, at least. Okay. If you want to tell us your reflections upon uh, upon. 
the plague and as it applies to you and other people oh for goodness sake be discreet but if you must you can contact us via uh, send an email to podcast at tekeli.ly or more easily leave a message on the website and we'll be back uh, God within touch, touch wood you know assuming it hasn't mutated next month Thank you.